Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. Today, I'm excited to have Dave Zook. He's a successful business owner. He's an author and speaker, owns approximately 3,000 units. He got into multifamily uh, real estate because he had a tax problem. He's experienced on the passive investor side and also as a syndicator. I, I'm thrilled to have him on the show. Thanks again, Dave. Uh, Whitney, thanks for having me on your show. Dave, would you give us a little about your background and, and how you got into multifamily syndication? Yeah, so I was uh, early on, I was very intentional. I was not going to be an, a real estate investor and simply for the reason that I saw my dad invest in real estate and self-manage some of his single family homes. And I I just thought, you know, there, there's got to be a, way, a better way to make money than, than that. So I specifically steered away from real estate and I invested, although I was uh, an investor and business owner from my uh, mid to late teens uh, ever since I invested in business and I started a couple businesses. I partnered with people with businesses and I sold a business or two and got to the point where I started making a lot of money with these businesses and they were doing really well and got myself into a situation where I was paying almost a half a million dollars a year in tax and I got tired of it. And so through listening to uh, Robert Kiyosaki and reading his stuff and then uh, eventually getting to the point where I realized that real estate was not only a good, uh, you know, not only had a, a lot of other uh, really good uh, benefits to it, tax protection was a big one. And so for me, when people ask me how I got into real estate, I, I always say I was I was chased into it for tax reasons. I was paying a lot of tax, and I recognized after a while that real estate, specifically multifamily real estate, can be a real tax shelter. So I I really got into it for the for the uh, tax protection piece. Nice, nice. Can you can you tell us some of those tax shelters or tax benefits that you were looking for? You know, you were that you a high income earner. You know, what were you looking for exactly in the tax shelter? Can you explain a little bit of that? Yeah, so I'll, I'll just give you an example. Um, we get very strategic on the tax side now, and I'm, I've, I've learned a lot in the last decade. And uh, so we'll go in, we'll buy a multifamily apartment building, we'll do a cost segregation study. Uh, we use bonus depreciation that's now available to us as of the end of last year. Um, and there's just some incredible tax uh, incentives there for real estate investors. And so for me, when I go and look at, uh, when I when I go and do my tax planning and I go looking toward the end of the, of the year and I have an option, I'm either gonna stroke a check for a big tax bill or I'm gonna invest in an asset that gives me the tax protection, which one's it gonna be? Well, for me, that's pretty easy. So I'll just give you an example. The uh, We bought a, I think it was 138 unit apartment building uh, late last year, and we were able to use the uh, additional tax benefits through the bonus depreciation uh, plan that they came out with at the end of the year. And they, they then ruled that back to September 27th. So anything we bought between September 27th of last year and the end of the year, 
we were able to use this new bonus depreciation rule. Well, an investor who invested with us uh, through one of our syndications and invested $100,000 into the deal, they got $91,000 in tax deductions back. So just incredible what you can do with a little strategy with uh, some good members on your team to be able to make that happen. It's incredible what you can do to, to save on your tax liability when you use a little strategy. Wow. That's incredible. 91,000. Um, so let's go back a little bit. When you, when you were that passive investor or high income earner, what was it that, uh, I guess, how did you get started then? Uh, you know, how did you know who you wanted to invest with? You, you wanted to stay away from real estate initially, but then you seen these benefits and how did you know who you wanted to invest with? Get around different events, get around different people, get around people with connections, uh, and I, you know, I got to tell you, as a passive investor, it hasn't always worked out really well. Uh, the very first passive investment deal in a big multifamily apartment building, I ended up losing a couple hundred thousand dollars just simply because I had teamed up with the wrong guy. So it doesn't always work out well, uh, and you'll most likely hear me talking about the team uh, later on in this interview. But you know. That's uh, that's a big part of it. You got to pick your your team wisely, and if you don't, it can cost you. It, it can cost you big. What was it about about that? I guess team member. You know, what, what should we be looking for so we can avoid that that same situation if we're a passive investor? Um, he talked a good game. He was real. He was a real good sales guy, but he wasn't uh, his competence in running an apartment building wasn't that great. So it was, it was, I mean, I made a bunch of mistakes. It was, it was early on, you know, I was, I, I got excited about this deal. I got sold this deal and this was going to be the, the, the greatest thing ever. And it was going to be a home run right out of the park. Well, I ended up being the only syndicate in the deal and I brought $750,000 to the deal and wow. ended up going home with uh, just over two fifty. Um, a little while later, like a couple years later. So, you know, it was, uh, number one, it was the first deal that I'd ever done with this guy. I should have, you know, should have maybe just started with 50 or a hundred thousand or, or, you know, really watched him perform with a little bit of money instead of going all in. And so that was one of them. I mean, it's, you know, there was other mistakes that, that, you know, there, there was other things that I learned throughout that whole process, but that, that was the big one, you know, putting sort of, all the eggs in that basket and, and getting excited about the deal, letting your emotions take control, uh, you know, ahead of logic. And, uh, so no, it was a, it was a learn, it, it was a lesson well learned. It was an expensive lesson, but, uh, you know, looking back, I'm glad I went through it and, and it's made me a better investor. Awesome. I'm glad you can see that side of it now. Um, you know, watching, you talked about watching him perform a little, uh, you know, with a little bit of money before going all in. I think that's some great advice. I've heard numerous passive investors talk about how they'll do, you know, a little bit in numerous syndicators deals just to diversify. And is that something you recommend now or, or how do you handle that to keep that from happening again? Yeah. I mean, if, if you, and it's the same with asset classes as well, different asset classes. I mean, if you, and let's say you start with, uh, you know, say three or four or five, 
and you, you know, try to figure out, okay, what, what asset class am I most fond of? You know, it could take a year to see your K-1s, you see your tax, you know, you see the tax benefits on each one. And then you can go back the next year and, and invest heavier in the ones you want. Same with a, a promoter or a sponsor. You know, I've, uh, I've got investors who do the same thing. They'll invest with me, they'll invest with two, three other guys. Um, and then, you know, eventually it gets to the point where, you know, they just invest with me and we do deals over and over again. I got guys that, you know, invest with me in 10, 15, 20 different deals and invest in any, any deal that I do. And that, you know, of course doesn't happen the first time around, you know, you, you don't, you don't get that right out of the gate, but you get that, you know, you get that from years of performance and you build up that trust level and you, you show that you're competent and, you know, show you can get the deal done, do what you say you're going to do. So you started out, or you, you know, you were a high income earner, but you wanted to stay away from real estate. And then I'll, then you decided, okay, I'm going to invest passively. How did, what was the transition like going from passive and then, then all of a sudden wanting to be, a, you know, active and, and getting in the real estate syndication business? You know, I never started investing in multifamily apartments with the intent to be a syndicator. It sort of just happened. Um, I, I actually went out and bought a couple hundred units of my own with my own cash. Eventually got to the point where I was running out of cash. Um, and the deals were still out there and we had a really good team and, and we do a lot of business in Memphis. We had a really good team down there. Number one broker in the city was on our team. And, and so he was bringing us really good deals and, and got to the point where, I either had to slow down or I had to get help. And it was about that time that I was invited to sit on the board of a startup bank and myself and about a dozen other guys were sitting around the table and I heard some conversations like, well, you know, these guys didn't know whether they wanted to invest in the bank, but they thought, well, it's probably going to be better than investing in a CD. And at the time the CDs were playing, paying, you know, less than 1%. And so that's when the light bulb went on for me. I was like, man, this is, uh, this is crazy. And, uh, here we got these good deals and we, you know, can't close them because, uh, I'm running out of my own cash and these guys are basing their investment decision on a 1% CD or less. And so the next deal that came along that looked really good, I put it under contract and, and went out to these guys and raised $850,000 to get the deal done. So that's where my sort of syndication uh, started since my, my life as a syndicator started, you know, in full force was with that deal. And it's, uh, those guys liked the deal. They, um, wanted to do another one. They told some of their friends and a couple of years later, here we are. What did that, what did that conversation look like? I mean, you hadn't raised capital before. I can see though, you had, you already had a good track record and it seems like that would be key, you know, obviously in these guys seeing that you can perform but did you hadn't raised capital before you hadn't needed to. And, you know, were you, was that a nervous time at all? I mean, most guys that are trying to raise capital for the first time, they say, you know, I can't go ask people for money and talk, you know, talk to them about these deals because I don't have a track record. Can you give us any pointers? Yeah. So I, the big advantage that I had, I was able to, well, two things. One, I was well known in the business world in my community. And number two, I had bought a couple hundred units of my own. So I was able to point back and say, look, this is what we're doing. This isn't what we're trying to do. And I always get a little um, nervous or I, I 
somebody will come up to me at a at an investor event of some kind and and they'll say you know i want to be a syndicator i want to raise money i want to go out and do a deal and and then you ask them well you know what have you done and well not really anything i don't have any money but i'd like to go out and raise some so i can go do a deal and that that to me if i was an investor looking to place cash um, I would run because it's, you know, this is not a, something that you want to learn with somebody else's money. Um, you want to be out there doing the deals. You want to be out there, um, have the track record and the experience and then go out and raise the money. So I always, uh, always find that interesting, but that's not something that I would recommend. So what advice could you give someone that is starting though, that, that has, that don't have the track record? Uh, you, you're going to say like partner with somebody and what does that look like? How do you connect with that person or maybe add value? Any advice, maybe situations you've had? Yeah, there's a couple different ways. I mean, one would be to partner with a proven operator. You know, everybody has needs, you know, a proven, a proven operator. He may need somebody to go out there and hustle up uh, something for him, get in the trenches, do some grunt work. Uh, he may need some capital to fund a deal. You can get together with a guy like that in JV, do some kind of a JV deal where you can introduce him to investors. You can, you know, get some of the equity for for being that person. Now, there's some, you know, obviously you can't get paid just to raise money. You've got to be involved in the deal and you've got to be active in the deal. And, but there's ways that you can do it where you can kind of ride on somebody else's coattails and, really get in with them, borrow their experience and then go out and make connections. And, and, uh, you know, there's all kinds of ways to do it, but to venture out on your own when you have no private prior experience, uh, I mean, I'm sure there's, there's a way that you could do it. Um, but I would certainly say, go get the experience and, and maybe team up with somebody that's really good at where, you know, that's where you want to be in a year, two years, three years from now. What would you say is the number one thing that's contributed to your success, Dave? Probably being able to locate and team up with really good folks. Um, I like to do business with really good people and to be able to team up with people that are uh, really good at what they do. I mean, I'm, I'm involved in several different asset classes. I'm involved in the multifamily space. I'm involved in the ATM space. We do a lot of business in the ATM space. Um, in fact, we've deployed right around $70 million in the ATM space just in the last couple of years. And self-storage is another one that it's, it's, a, it's an asset class that I like. It's an asset class that I'm heavily involved in. Uh, but I got, a, I got a team of people that, uh, that I do business with in a multifamily space. I got a really good team of people that I do business with in the ATM space. That's what they do. Uh, they're very good at it. Uh, I've got a team of people that, that I'm involved in that I partnered with in the self-storage space. These guys have been in the self-storage business for more than the last 30 years, and that's all they do. So being able to team up with really good people and just uh, you know borrow some of their experience and credibility and coming alongside of them and, and adding value in some form, whether that would be you know coming in and financing a big part of the deal or financing all of the deal, um, managing the investor side of it again, I, you know, like I said before, you got to be active and you got to get in there and, and you got to, you know, you, you can't just get paid for raising capital. You got to be involved in the deal. You got to, you, you got to be involved in the management part of the deal and managing investors and, and, and all that, but being able to team up with great people. 
Can you give us some tips, uh, you know, on locating those people like you were talking about that are really, really good in this field, good to partner with? Um, yeah. So lately, the way that I've done it is typically it's, I mean, I, I, I'm not out trying to hunt down different management teams. I mean, at this point, I'm, I'm uh, busy. I'm satisfied with what I've got as far as the different asset classes. But when somebody comes to me and, and self-storage, for instance, has been kind of uh, really interesting to me over the last two decades. And it's just recently in the last year or two that I, that I got involved. Um, but those guys got introduced to me through several people in my network and they came to me, the guys in my network came to me and said, man, these, these guys, you know, they had just done, they had done 11 deals with these guys uh, in the past. And so, and they couldn't say enough good things about them. And they're just like, man, these guys are great. And well, that catches my attention because I'm much more interested in what other people are saying about you than what you are saying about you. So, you know, when I hear that, I mean, obviously that's just the start of it. You got to do your whole due diligence thing, background checks, you interview them, you, 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 you run them by other experts in the space. Like I had a really good friend. I still have, I have a really good friend in the, in the self-storage space who, who was actually on the board of the national self-storage association. So, you know, it ended up these guys knew a lot of the same people and, and, uh, you know, I, I ran them through a 90 minute, uh, interrogation process and, and all that happened before I even went down and see their team. So just a lot of due diligence, just a lot of, uh, of head work and, and leg work and really trying to figure out, okay, is it, are these kind of people that I want to team up with? And, and is this a good fit for my investors? So definitely, uh, a lot of times it'll start with somebody in my investor network that will highly recommend um, a provider. Yeah, I like how you talked about you're more interested in what others are saying about them. That, that seems to be be key. Uh, yeah. You know, just you've had a, a great experience in this business. I mean, from passive to active and you've seen so many business owners, syndicators. What's the, the top reason you've seen uh, syndicators fail in the business? Teaming up with the wrong people, not doing enough due diligence, um, really inexperienced and just making some of the same mistakes I made early on. And what are, I guess, give us some, the most important, I know you've talked about team a lot. It seems team is uh, just key to you. And that seems very common and, and uh, um, as far as having a successful syndication business. Uh, so what are ways you've recently improved your business? Ways I've recently improved my business, just just nailing down the um, team, the people that I want to do business with, making sure that those are, you know, good folks. Because look, when you do business with good people, good things are going to happen. And likewise, if if you do business with bad people, I mean, they'll take a deal that's, you know, that's that's good and and turn it into something that's not good. So really, just refining that and really making sure that I'm doing business with the right people. In your syndication journey, do you find it more difficult to, to raise capital or, or to find deals? Uh, definitely find deals, find, finding good deals. You got a, you got a really good deal that the, the capital will come. What are the difficulties in finding the deal now? Well, you know, in the multifamily space, we last year, I think we closed on around six or 700 units. This year, it looks like we'll be closed on 144, uh, one deal. And so cap rate compression, a lot of money chasing a little, you know, a few deals. Um, you've got, uh, you know, 
there's not only institutional money, but a lot of private money is looking for a good place to put uh, their money to, to get yield. So you got a lot of money out there chasing uh, a few deals and it, you know, you know, it gets it to the point where, you know, it doesn't make sense for, for an investor out there that's looking to, to, to make a high single digit or a low double digit return. Dave, you've been a you've been a great guest. Can you tell the listener how they can get in touch with you and learn more about your business? Yeah, they can go to our website at therealassetinvestor.com. And I also have an email address they can reach out to me and my team directly. It's info at therealassetinvestor.com. In fact, if they I have a little article, I have a little book written up for syndicators. Uh it's called the eight real life lessons for syndicators and their, and their investors. And if you send me, if your listeners send me an email at info at the real I'll make sure that they get the little booklet with, uh, with the, the eight rules in it. Great. Thank you so much for doing that. I look forward to reading that myself and, uh, thank you all for listening and I, I will talk to you tomorrow. Thanks Dave. Thank you, Whitney. Thanks for having me on your show. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show, brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate, while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.